on the plus side, this should be the most noise-canceled I've been in a long time just because I am surrounded by shit. <laughs> Lots of no- sound-dampening cardboard boxes and stuff. Uh, cardboard boxes and mattresses and an overturned chair. Actually, hang on. Let me uh, let me send you this photo right now, just so you can see like what I'm talking about. It is ridiculous. Reminds me of the old closet days. From my move, <laughs> my major life oh change. Oh my god. Well, yeah. So you're you're there and settled. The move went okay. Yeah, move was great. That's um, good. I, th- that was uh, it was a 24 hour drive. Um, with, uh, we had a detour in Springfield, Missouri, because one of Grace's friends, uh, one of her bridesmaids lives there now and we figured, well, it, it's a little over halfway, but man, it would be great to like stop there. We can get a hotel and see her that night, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because like, she's one of the few people that she didn't get to see before we left Erie mm-hmm. and it, it was, it, it worked out great. I think it was like a 13 hour shift and then a 10 hour shift. Or like a, a thirteen and an eleven hour. That's you know? not bad. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Pretty. It's not easily. bad at all. Yeah. yeah, but man, driving through Southern Illinois is boring as fuck. <laughs> um, Oklahoma is beautiful but boring. <laughs> but man, once you get into Oklahoma and into Texas, the like normal speed limit is seventy five. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> And you wouldn't think that five miles an hour makes that big of a difference, but oh boy, it does. Yeah, yeah. I know. I remember just moving from where were we, Virginia to Mississippi, and that seventy when the speed limit was seventy, it blew my mind. So seventy-five, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah, because when it's seventy, you go seventy-five anyway. So now it's seventy-five, and you're probably going around eighty. Like I, I don't do eighty on the highway, even when it's seventy. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I, I'll normally go like eight or nine yeah. above. I'll only push the cops on myself right now. But <laughs> I'll only push eight or nine. Interestingly enough, when it's like sixty-five, you know, I'll I'll go up to <laughs> you know seventy-three or something like that. Um, yeah. Well, a lot of it too was um, okay. People can see that I have Pennsylvania plates. I'm just gonna blend in with traffic, no matter how slow or fast they're going. I'm just gonna blend in with traffic, you know. Yeah. Because I'm if it's if it's 75 and people are going 75 because I've heard there are parts of Texas where whatever the speed limit is you go that speed uh, yeah, because yeah. there's radar there's dickhead cops you know <laughs> yeah, but yeah they'll they'll call you for being one mile an hour over and I've made a few trips to Houston already and I've noticed there are a few segments of uh, State Highway Six down from college station to Houston where like the speed limit doesn't change, but the general flow of traffic will decrease by about 10 miles an hour. I'm like, Oh, these people know. Eh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Catching all the college kids going home or, or whatever. Absolutely. But yeah, if you've got any Texas questions for me, maybe we can do a, uh, uh, an idiot's guide to Texas as part of like our Patreon or something, you That'd know, be awesome. like, uh, um, just any, any questions about Texas uh, answered by a newbie in Texas, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's It'll be interesting once you figure out. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a huge culture shock. I just remember trying to figure out Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, when I moved there. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting as you navigate it and the weird, you know, culture shock uh, of the whole thing. Uh, have you been to Twin Peaks yet? <laughs> nope. Going next Saturday, though. Uh, that's my first remote. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> That is the first place I am being paid extra to be at for my job is Twin Peaks. Why do they already have a contract with the station or is it like Ted's yep. come oh okay. I was like I thought it was like your first endorsement and everything is like Ted's <laughs> oh coming. We know he loves tits. So let's get him out there to <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> no, they do uh they do some watch parties with Texas A&M. Awesome. And there's a there's a big game that night. That would be hilarious though. Like when you normally when you start at a radio station, they'll like, "Hey, what kind of endorsements would you like?" And then normally nobody does anything with that. <laughs> but it'd be great if you just wrote tits up at the top, and they're like, oh. <laughs> "Oh, all right, okay, I think we can Shit. handle that actually." Um, but it's I heard yeah. you mention that on Idiotville, and um, I was like, "You you were uh, 
<laughs> you were sort of like ramping up to revealing the name. You're like, well, there is a restaurant down in Texas. And 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 I was like, he's going to say Twin Peaks. I know he's going to say <laughs> Twin Peaks because the only Twin Peaks I ever saw was in Jackson, Mississippi. And it was interesting, interestingly enough, right across from our Hooters. So we had a Hooters and we had yeah. a Twin Peaks like yeah. we, right near each other. Too. We've yeah. got both too. I think the Hooters <laughs> is like half a mile away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it was really weird. And yeah, we went there a couple times with the like after the show for lunch and stuff. And yeah, it's just um it's it's unremarkable but it was fine (laughs) yeah it was just funny when you mentioned it i was like i can't believe it and like it reminded me of the the restaurant of the mid-atlantic that was competing with hooters for a while was tilted kilt did you ever see one of those no yeah there was there was one in pittsburgh on the north shore i believe it's closed down now but there was also one i remember being built in the college town that I used to live in Harrisonburg. And of course all the townies were like up in arms about the, um, you know, the, the loose morals of the tilted kilt or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so I don't know if they lasted as long as I was honestly surprised that twin peaks was still thriving, but that's good. I'm glad they are. Um, I don't know why, but <laughs> uh, I just, I guess I just couldn't believe that they, that that business model stuck around where like Hooters seems to be, struggling or closing down or you always hear that you know millennials have killed hooters or whatever but i guess there's enough <laughs> i guess there's enough elder millennials out there that that keep it going i think it's such a anytime anyone brings up hooters everyone talks about how the food is bad i like it Do I you? The, yeah really? i think oh it's just God. like it, it doesn't match up to it's just it's just as good as any fast casual restaurant it's as good as applebee's yeah. it's as good if you think that food sucks then you're not gonna like that but if you look at it on that <laughs> level you're like yeah, it's as good as Ruby Tuesdays, or it's 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 better than O'Charlie's, and they do something I can't get anywhere else, which is buffalo shrimp. They actually toss the shrimp, the breaded fried shrimp, in buffalo sauce, and it's the best. I interesting. I love wow. that. Yeah. Anywhere else you go, you're gonna get shrimp and a dipping cup. I'm like, I don't want that. I want yeah. the shrimp. I want it tossed. lightly tossed. Yeah, toss my in, shrimp in the buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds dirty. I want to go to Hooters and get my shrimp tossed. Okay. Is that too Jesus much to ask? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I guess I guess that's it for now. Unless you have anything else about this is no. like this is the first time we've spoken since the twenty first of October. Wow, is it? That's and, when we did um, troll. It's only like two weeks, but it seems yeah. like a long time with us doing our Halloween reviews and our normal eps like two records a week. Yeah. So yeah, not only were you on idiotville though but you were also on at the movies with low and mo yeah i was, I was making a full fucking press tour <laughs> but i haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet maybe i'll wait till it'll, but I'll, it'll probably be next halloween by the time i get to it probably but yeah it was like you were doing like when conan started his podcast he was on how did this get made he was on wtf he was on uh like every popular podcast and you did the exact same thing with every podcast <laughs> in erie uh you're like yeah ted's leaving i'm gonna be on this i'm gonna be on idiotville and at the movies and and then uh, I guess we'll count our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was on my own show <laughs> yeah. as, as part of our press tour. Yeah. Uh, everything that wasn't like exclusively about one thing, you yeah. know, I, there's there's a, a lot of shows in Erie. I, I hesitate to say I was on most of them. I was on two. Right, right. Know? Yeah. It's more but... than you normally do in, in, uh, in a week. <laughs> but yeah, well, I was surprised it's, it's too. Two, it's exactly two more. When I saw the best of Erie, we're not on it. We're not nominated. So I was able to vote for Idiotville uh, this time around. But I, I'm, I I'm not upset, though, because neither one of us yeah. is in Erie. <laughs> now right now we're definitely not an Erie <laughs> now podcast. We're, now we're definitely not an Erie <laughs> podcast. Thank you if you live in Erie and continue to listen to uh, Pittsburgh and the Texan in the morning. Yeah. Now we need to get on the best of College Station, like the best podcast. Oh, yeah. There. But I was yeah. amazed at how many. There's like 12 podcasts nominated or something like that. And I hadn't heard of yeah. any of them except a couple. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, just off the top of my head, there's Idiotville. There's uh, Nick Sorensen's BuddyCast. Yep. There is, uh, I think there's a couple of the Idiotville Productions shows yeah. that got nominated. Probably not Charleston in charge just because he's living in There's Charleston. Young now. Wall Street, Better Than Monkeys, Shaggy's House of Horrors, Steelers by the Lake, The Tommy Knuckles Show, Four Comic Junkies, Party Chat. The Michael Balco podcast got like... Okay, yeah. Once again, the the, uh, the Erie Reader screwed up and like several people have <laughs> several nominations within the same category. Uh. Like, like in the best radio personality, it's like Sammy Stone, Happy 92.7. And further down it goes, 
Happy 927, Sammy Stone. I'm like, you Jesus idiots didn't realize Christ. when when you set up the poll. Yeah, and 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 Jessica <sighs> is nominated with her full name, which she does not use on the air. And yeah, and people who are not on. I look. I was looking for myself because people who, as far as I know, are not on the air anymore are nominated. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. But I guess you can still be the best radio personality and still be unemployed or be not working on the air on the radio. Um, I mean, I mean, I technically won best radio personality <laughs> three weeks after I was laid off. That's right. Thanks. Girls' night in crime junkie. Bikes brew and Q, bikes brew Q and everything in between. I mean, there's it, the list goes on and on of podcasts. I wonder what that one's about. In ear, right? Yeah, uh, at least it gives you an idea as opposed yeah, it does. as opposed to um, uh, Julie Hart. What is that about? You know, sounds that's like the, the Marvel that, superhero. That's the name of a show, it, or is that the host? It's uh, that that is who got the nomination for best podcast. I can't tell you. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Donna Gray and Julie Hart both got nominations. Ju- well, Donna Hart and Julie Gray, if you're listening to this, message us. Tell us yeah. what your show's about. We'll give you a plug. Yeah, if you let us on to talk about if anything yeah. in particular. Let's do, let's do a little. Uh, <laughs> let's do a little trade skis. Yeah, that would that we could start doing that for the Patreon. You know, having a uh, guest podcast host. Yeah, dude, I'd love that. Yeah. I'd love that. Yeah, lots to do. Oh um, boy. All right. Okay, we should get going yeah. because I've probably got realistically like an hour. Okay. Until I should be at work. All right. Um, th- I don't think that's going to be a problem. This episode seemed to go pretty quick for me. So, all yeah. right. Uh, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about The Reverse People, Season 9, Episode 12. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? Ted, do you even remember what it was? I know because I'm looking uh, at it. <laughs> Uh, the car dealership. Yeah, the dealership. that's right. The dealership. Yeah. yeah. I really only remembered it because it was uh, the continue watching this episode uh, on Netflix, you know? And that's why I told you to go to a car dealership to edit the show because we had just talked about it. You can get free coffee and they have free Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah. I didn't even make that connection. Oh, my God. I figured God. you were like, I don't think they're open on Sunday and I don't know if I can get <sighs> Wi-Fi in the car. And I'm like, no, you go in and you hang out no, even though no, you have you nothing to do. fucking idiot. <laughs> But you had a lot on your mind, so I didn't. I was like, whatever. Um, maybe he did get it, and he doesn't want to go. Uh, so what? The first thing it happened right out of the gate in the cold open. They're standing on the lot, and George said, "When we were kids, they made it seem like the flying car was right around the corner." Jerry said, "I think Ed Begley Jr. has one," and George goes, "No, that's just electric." So interestingly enough, Ed Begley Jr., one of the stars of Pennsylvania or Transylvania Six Five Thousand, I mean, um, he was uh, he's seventy two now, and uh, he's an American actor and environmental activist. He's appeared in hundreds of films, TV shows, and on stage. Uh, more so, I wanted to know why Ed Bigley Jr. was such a punchline for being an environmentalist in the 90s. And so ever since the 70s, he has been an active environmentalist, beginning with his first electric vehicle, a Taylor Dunn golf cart-like vehicle uh, that I guess he was kind of famous for. Uh, he was a big proponent for recycling before a lot of people were doing that and becoming a vegan before that was en vogue um, and vegan. Wow. Uh, he Moby, promotes, eat your heart out. Yeah, really. Uh, he promotes eco-friendly products like the Toyota Prius, Envirolet composting toilets, and Bagley's <laughs> Best household cleaners, which I guess are environmentally oh, friendly. If you have a composting toilet, I really hope it doesn't compost in your toilet, uh, and it just like it still like goes outside of your house, you know, to a tank. Yeah. Because God, if you're just like sitting on a toilet that always <laughs> smells like your own compost and shit. I can't imagine having any friends. If I were to guess, I would say this is like an outhouse more than anything else. It's not even inside <laughs> your house, but but maybe it is. Maybe that's where the technological leap is. You're like, now you can yeah. have an outhouse in your house. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, when you mentioned Moby, I was like, he was kind of the like funny vegan punchline for people my age. Egg Begley Jr. was probably the funny environmental punchline for boomers which you know as we know mm. kind of seinfeld falls under so i wonder who the the funny vegan punchline is for for like my age and younger like my age to gen z i would venture to say that it's just not a punchline anymore you know like being environmentally conscious isn't a punchline. actually yeah like if you can afford if you can afford that's a, a very Tesla, good point you know it's yeah. like you're doing you, great yeah there i mean you're right there's electric vehicles and and hybrids that are very affordable now i i've I've told all of my like gas guzzling family many times that pretty sure my next car is, if not going to be a hybrid, going to be full electric. And 
Uh, what I think it's going to be is the F-150 Lightning. So I'm going to go all electric and become a truck guy. Well, you got to be a truck guy in Texas. I mean, you have to. There's so many trucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think that's why just, like, Ed Bagley Jr. jokes wouldn't work anymore. There, It's it's not funny to be green. You know, it's like there's yeah. a problem. <laughs> like, if we had actually started doing something about it when Ed Bagley Jr. had started talking about it, maybe <laughs> we'd be in a better place, but... You know, on, on, there there could actually have been a chance for us to reverse, yeah, uh, global warming. If yeah. we could actually listen to him, but yeah, in the seventies there were still diesel cars on the road. So, um, yeah, uh, he is noted for riding bicycles, using public transportation, and he at one point at least owned a two thousand three Toyota Rav four electric vehicle. His hybrid electric bicycle was often featured on his HGTV show, which ran around two thousand seven, Living with Ed. And he also spoofed, I brought this up, I remember, he also spoofed his own beliefs on Homer to the Max, the episode of The Simpsons, showing himself <laughs> using a non-polluting go-kart powered by his own sense of self-satisfaction. Um, <laughs> so that's what also, you know, people thought him being so environmentally friendly was, like, virtue signaling, you know, like, yeah. Um, so at least he was able to poke fun at that. And also in the Futurama episode, The Honking, Bagley's electric motor is revealed to be the most evil propulsion system ever conceived. And he's also in the Christopher Guest stable of actors from uh, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, just like fellow Seinfeld actor and alum Bob Balaban, who plays the network executive. So what about uh, the Lacar, also mentioned in the opening, because George's dad thought he was going to get a deal on a car once, and he ended up driving off in a Lacar, and uh, George's classmates tormented him, calling him Le Georges. So it is not really the indie car that I, I opined that it was, like the Tucker sedan in, in the like late 40s or the DeLorean in the 80s. I was like, it seemed like it was easy for a rich person to just start a car company and um, kind of compete with the big boys. But the LeCar was actually the Renault 5. Um, and Renault is obviously French for, you know, the LeCar. So it's spelled R-E-N-A-U-L-T. Um, it was a four-passenger, three- or five-door front-engine, front-wheel drive hatchback super mini manufactured and marketed by Renault over two generations from 72 to 85 and 84 to 96. The R5 was marketed in the U.S. and Canada as the LeCar from 76 to 83. Mm, yeah. Okay. So Jeez. it was just a rebranded foreign like trying like a foreign car company trying to break into the US market and it was the best selling car in France from 72 to 86 so uh, and it was marketed in the US by AMC where it competed against cars like the Honda Civic, the Toyota Starlet and the Volkswagen Rabbit. It was described wow. as a French rabbit, low on style but high on personality and practicality. So they even <laughs> I remember it being like a boxy Geo Metro kind of looking car. So they were like, it doesn't, we know it looks like shit, but it, it'll yeah. run. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, and, it, and they emphasize that it was Europe's best selling automobile with millions of satif satisfied owners. And if there's one thing that, uh, that the US loves, it's following Europe and doing uh, stuff that the French does. So maybe that only, maybe that was only like a, a post 2001 kind of thing um, where people started yeah. like crapping on European uh, ideals. <laughs> Yeah, now it's like swung right back into copying everything that South Korea is doing. Yeah, yeah, they're like, if if, it, if Europe tried it, we don't want any part of it, even if it's yeah. working. Um, <laughs> it did not achieve paid family leave. Hello, uh, paid. Uh, it did not achieve immediate success in the U.S. market, even though the car was praised in road tests, comparing super economy cars for its interior room and smooth ride, and it had an economical MPG of thirty-five highway and twenty-eight city. So, uh, but, but the U S just wasn't a fan. Um, and in at least two U S municipalities though, the LaCar was used as law enforcement vehicle in LaConnor, Washington and mm. Ogunquit, Maine. The, the police <laughs> departments used it, uh, in the late seventies as their, I, yeah. Why in like the most Pacific Northwest <laughs> and the most Atlantic Northeast? Yeah. I know it's insane. Um, why? I don't know, but th they must have gotten a good deal on him or something. But it'd be hilarious to see a cop like pull up in a in a Lacar <laughs> hatchback, you know, and try to pull you over. Um, interestingly enough, the Renault Five will return as an electric powered hatchback by 2024. So what? good news for Ed Bagley Jr. Yeah. Oh man, that rules! An electric Lacar. 
<laughs> uh, Kramer asks some ladies if they're interested in any in any supplemental restraint while he's driving uh, the Saab on his little test drive. And supplemental restraint just means uh, airbags. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so were airbags like revolutionary in 90? What are, what are we in 98 now? 98. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I did a little background on that. In 1987, the Porsche 944 Turbo became the first car to have driver and passenger airbags as standard equipment. Wow. Yeah. It used to be an option. Um, th- that same year also had the first airbag in a Japanese car, the Honda Legend. So we have a German car and a Japanese car where they're like, all right, airbags are now standard. Um, yeah. In 88, God. Chrysler became the first U.S. automaker to fit a driver's side airbag as standard. Uh, in six different models. Um, okay. In Europe, airbags were almost unheard of until the early 90s. Uh, and Saab is a, a Swedish car maker. So I guess it would kind of fit that, you know, seven or eight years in, I guess airbags are still kind of not really in every car. Um, the, a new supplemental restraint system was introduced on the Saab 900, which is what Jerry's buying, from model year 95. So in 97, Saab introduced the first combined head and torso airbags with the launch of the Saab 9.5. So it had only been two or three years that this car that Jerry was looking at did have a supplemental restraint system. So I guess it it was still kind of a punchline. Hmm. Okay. And Saab also categorizes their seatbelt tensioners and knee shields under the dashboard so you don't go under in a trash, uh, a crash, a trash, so you don't get trashed (laughs) in a crash uh, as a supplemental restraint system. You know, however, whenever you uh, crash into a uh, garbage truck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, you that's, get... the, that's the only time it'll save you. <laughs> that's, yeah, then it, then it uh, turns on. Um, but it's mm-hmm. interesting to hear seatbelt tensioners, too, as like supplemental restraints. Like, we didn't always have those. What good were seatbelts if they yeah. wouldn't hold you? <laughs> um, I guess they'd only let you go out as far as the belt goes. You know, <laughs> it's like once you reach the end of the belt, then you'll stop. Which is, like, all the way to the windshield. Yeah, through the windshield. (laughs) Um, I did some extra credit on air quotes, because that's something Jerry says is, like, the high five or don't go there. And so uh, I was like, when did did air quotes start coming around? Use of similar gestures has been recorded as early as 1927, as Glenda Farrell (laughs) used air quotes in a 1937 screwball comedy, Breakfast for Two. Um, Much earlier in 1889, Lewis Carroll, who wrote, uh, Alice in Wonderland describes similar usages, air brackets, and air question marks in his last novel. The term air quotes first appeared in a 1989 Spy Magazine article, who st- uh, which stated it became a common gesture around 1980. So it wasn't new, but it was a good example of something so- Jerry wanted to stop before it did become as big as it I was think. in 97. Yeah, he's like, I have to yeah. stop it. The trend beca- did become even more popular in the 90s, though, attributed uh, by many to Steve Martin, the comedian, uh, in his stand-up shows, he would use air quotes. And, of course, another popularization was Bennett Bauer, played by Chris Farley on SNL, an aggressive but socially awkward commentator who used air quotes to mock societal expectations of him. I loved this character (laughs) on Weekend Update. He would come on and go, I don't take showers, and I don't <laughs> brush my teeth. You know, he would, so he would use air quotes whenever he was emphasizing something like that. And of course, we can't forget in 1997, Dr. Evil using air quotes. Oh my A God, yeah. Death Star or whatever, the Alan Parsons <laughs> Project. Um, so yeah, it was, it was only getting much bigger in 97. Uh, what about Don't Go There? This is from the Phrase Finder. The earliest printed reference the Phrase Finder could find is from a Q&A in the Ask the Chef column in the Gettysburg Times in January of 1997. Wow. The question to the chef was, <laughs> listen to this innuendo, my biscuits seldom turn out thick and light. Um, <laughs> most of the time, they're like a hockey puck. And the, uh, the chef said, it is a good thing I am a food service professional, or I may be inclined to make a reference to the National Hockey League. Don't go there. Uh, the context there suggests the writer could have expected his readers to be familiar with the term. So it was probably in, you know, uh, popular before 97, given the quick take up of other similar 90s phrases like talk to the hand or get over it. That could be months rather than years. And don't go there was also said by Dr. Evil. Um, so I think Jerry was just 
sick of Austin Powers mania in 97, as a lot of actual <laughs> comics probably he were. Been. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know as a, a teenager, you know, as someone in high school, like you could get a laugh going, oh, behave. Yeah, you know, I've said, I've said many times how like yeah. Austin Powers was my identity in 90, from 97 <laughs> to 99. So I, I could understand Jerry hating that. And like, I remember Dr. Evil going, don't go there. And and doing a little head bob and talk to the hand, like all of that. So um, <laughs> I think this was Jerry's backlash against Austin Powers Mania. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have to stop it. Uh, and and later I would I would say I would love to hear what Jerry would say about Borat Mania when that movie came out. <laughs> oh my god, we could get an entire extra season about Borat Mania. <laughs> only yeah, we have to I stop mean, it. Like my cool. wife. <laughs> it's still going to this day. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. the sequel didn't help things. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's. I like to do it ironically. Like anytime, like I my I, wife. Yeah, anytime anyone says my wife, you yell my wife. Uh, George. So what about uh, some other trivia and tidbits? There's not much. Don't worry. Just a couple little notes here. George says the mechanic has a short name and tries to remember it, but the only tag the mechanic was wearing said sob. So I wonder, <laughs> did George mistake that for a name tag, and he can't remember? <laughs> Did he think his name is Saab? I think that's a subtle joke because one of the names that he um, tries to remember is Saul, and that shares oh the first two God. letters with Saab. Yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so I think George mistook the name on his uh, on his uh, the Saab name for his name tag. Short name. And the dealership was the first episode that aired after Jerry Seinfeld had announced that the show would end in May. Uh, he announced that the day after Christmas in '97 during the Christmas break. So this was the first episode that aired. Uh, after that announcement and uh, that is it oh boy all right do we got any news or anything i don't think so except that i do have to mention and i posted this on our twitter account that we went out trick-or-treating for halloween and both of my kids got a full-size packet of chuckles <laughs> which i could oh not believe I was like, <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. And like, we live near a really nice neighborhood. So we walk up that way when we go trick or treating. Like, we're talking full size oh, yeah. Snickers, full Why size M&Ms, full size uh, Skittles, and full size Chuckles. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot believe this. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I had to mention that. It was the weirdest thing. Uh, but that's it, as far as I know. All right. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's like some other things uh, with us not. Uh, releasing anything new in the last like two yeah. weeks. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't end up putting together a preview clip of one of our Patreon apps. So our our main feed has been dark for two weeks now. But I don't think that's the the worst thing. I don't think anyone's gonna unsubscribe for that. Nah, you should just subscribe to the Patreon if you want Absolutely. content. <laughs> Constant content. Constant content. <laughs> we are not gonna leave you alone. Okay. If you've never listened to the show before, we are not a research-heavy podcast, despite the last 38 minutes being almost exclusively research and homework. Uh, we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the show and then assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description. And also in the description is a link to our Patreon where uh, we just may have concluded Halloween month. Um, a special look at all the... Uh, horror and uh, spooky season adjacent movies that Seinfeld actors and extras have partaken in throughout their careers. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely feel uh, the urge to check that out, if you please. Um, we've got uh, content starting at like five bucks and up. Actually, no, just uh, just a five dollar tier. We we got rid of the higher one. But if you would like to support us, uh, that's the that's the best way. If you'd like to support us, but you don't want to give us any money, totally fine. Give us a five star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a holographic, no hugging, no learning sticker, free of charge while supplies last. And we actually got an email from someone from a newer listener. And I just, uh, I'm going to read this here instead of saving it for Newman's mailbag okay. because she didn't really include a question. Um, it's for from Tammy Ortiz. Tammy says, I've been a lifelong Seinfeld fan and love your podcast. Sad that I discovered you so late in your run, but I'm listening all day, almost every day at work, trying to catch up. 
The dynamic you two have is great, and I will gladly listen to whatever podcast idea you land on after this. Would love a sticker to add to my Seinfeld memorabilia collection. Tammy in California. Thank you so much. Sweet. Um, I I emailed her back and uh, told her that uh, I I don't know how far she was into the run of the show, but I'll get a sticker out to you as soon as I can. I just moved to Texas. I got to find them first. (laughs) They're in a box. They're they're somewhere. Um, I think I know where they're at. They're probably still in my my cube organizer that seems largely intact. I don't think anything fell out of it. I'm very impressed with it. And it was turned over on its side. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Okay, so all that being said, season nine, episode 12, the reverse peephole. Original air date, January 15th, 1998. I was five years and 26 days old. Um, and if you're, if you're counting this episode and every other episode we've got left, we have 11 episodes until we become a ask the chef podcast, ask, ask yeah. the chef, ask the chef. Um, cause that's where, what? that's the first written appearance of don't go there was in the ask the chef column. So I'm like, um, two guys who have no cooking expertise at all, answer all of your cooking questions to the best of our ability. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a YouTube series that Grace and I watch. Um, oh, really? Are you familiar with? Uh, we've talked about Rhett and Link before, right? Yes, yeah. Well, they've got an offshoot YouTube channel because uh, their brand is like Mythical Entertainment, right? Uh-huh. And they've got a offshoot channel called Mythical Kitchen with uh, the guy who makes all of the food for their shows, and it is the most fucking chaotic cooking show <laughs> i have ever watched and i love every second of it uh, um but it, it sounds a lot sounds a lot like that because i mean he knows about food but he doesn't like follow any basic rules of cooking yeah like hey maybe if i need to fish this out of boiling oil maybe i'll use a spatula and not my hands <laughs> okay if you were looking at tv guy the night of january 15th 1998 you are gonna see jerry gets a bag that looks like a purse period putty wears a fur coat period george's wallet is stuffed too full mm. period and newman has an affair with the super's wife oh i i hate it this is the it's first one awful of, it's very bad of the netflix era that i'm like i already see like 12 ways to make it better but we'll wait till the end um so we start with a cold open at monks and <laughs> this was so i it's rare that i get my first big laugh in the cold open but i did it with this when because this was so relatable since the beginning of time until the end of time this will happen the waitress puts down a plate she goes be careful it's hot and lane touches it right away and goes ah <laughs> and um then the waitress goes, I, that I, yeah i i'm definitely guilty of yes this everybody like, is every everybody single person is. on yeah. earth is like the first thing i do is move the plate even if they tell me it's hot and so she said and she's like i told you it was hot and she's like i wanted like, why'd to you do that see yeah. what your idea of hot was or something like that i i immediately had to stop this because i thought this was um what's her name uh blonde actress uh julia styles oh i think that, she does have a julia styles face yeah. yeah but like i i had it paused and grace was watching like the first few minutes of this episode with me and she's like no it's not julia styles looked like that in like 2003 2004 yeah. and i told her i'm like this is 98 it's not that much earlier than that <laughs> yeah i'd, I'd venture um, to say like that is, maybe the first born movie was was that yeah. around then yeah uh i think so it is not maybe her a little later yeah. it is uh it, it is um an uh, not an unknown actress but just another actress yeah but she has she is a waitress that we've seen a couple times at monks though so if she did look familiar yeah. that's that's another reason um and putty shows up in a giant fur coat uh, ready to go i think ice skating with elaine and putty <laughs> also touches the plate which is hilarious um and and elaine thinks the fur coat is a joke but putty's like no this is my winter coat um and so in the apartment later in jerry's apartment uh superman is on the shelf by the way uh so superman's back we had a non-superman episode with the dealership but he's back still there uh Jerry is is talking to Elaine about Putty's man fur, and Elaine says, "Yeah, he's walking around like Stein Erickson." I'm gonna guess neither of us have a nope. any idea who. When nope. I hear Erickson, I think Viking. So it, it yeah, I'm, that's my hypothesis. But I'll write it down for next time. Jerry brings up 
as we've seen in a previous episode, Elaine's anti-fur past. And she's like, oh, anti-fur, who has the time anymore? It's more about being hanging off the arm of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more about the fact that he looks so stupid than the fact that, you know, the, the animals that were killed at this point. Um, and they're going to get a massage chair for their friend, Joe Mayo. Kramer says it'll be a great gift uh, for his apartment warming. And, of course, the fact that he has to spend any money on anything enrages George. <laughs> Uh, and he rails again about how many gifts there are for people. He's done this before. I think it was about an engagement gift before. He was like, engagement gifts, yeah. wedding gifts, where does it end? Now he's saying apartment warming is not a gift-giving occasion, but uh, he's just being cheap. Uh, he's like, he, In fact, he says he'll sniff out a deal. We're not going to buy it at Bloomingdale's. I'll sniff out a deal. I have a sixth sense. And as Jerry says, cheapness <laughs> is not a sixth sense. I love that line. Yeah, but I would disagree. People that People that go above and beyond to save a little bit of money, that's... Uh, that's a that's a sixth sense that's a superpower you know elaine hates joe mayo's parties because the second you walk in the door you get a job like jerry last time well jerry liked it last time because he was in charge of the music and he turned that mother out as he says um (laughs) and newman and kramer come in to borrow a, a pair of pliers from jerry because they're reversing their peepholes because uh someone might be waiting inside with a sock full of pennies to ambush them uh, and <laughs> Newman and Kramer also make fun of Jerry's wallet because it's so old fashioned. And all you need, as Kramer says, is some cards and some bills and you put the big bills on the outside. And I've always loved what Jerry points out. That's a five. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows that, uh, Kramer has no money and I guess debunks the myth that he's a drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe it's just all part of the grift, all part of the con. You know, he's got to keep people <laughs> believing that, like, well, what's going on there? Uh, because when Jerry says that's a five, Kramer almost gives him, like, a you bet it is kind of response. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I said big bills. Um, out in the hall, Kramer is singing Mexican radio. He's, like, singing a, a, a licensed song. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He's, like, going, I'm on a Mexican radio. I'm like, that's weird. Um, and he and uh, I think it's by Oingo Boingo, I want to say. Um, maybe I'll write it down for next time. That that makes the ending make a lot more sense. Yes, yeah, it 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 definitely did. And maybe they just wanted to make sure they got their money's worth. But I'm like, why? <laughs> it has nothing to do with, as far as I know, the rest of the episode. So it's just weird that it's in yeah. there. Um, the super Silvio comes up and he, you know, c- kind of gets on Kramer for making, um, you know, unapproved alterations to his apartment but he's like no no it's okay and he's like oh, okay good because newman and i and he's like wait a minute newman's doing it i'll take care of him and so sylvia <laughs> goes off to take care of newman um over at monks george did find the chair 60 dollars cheaper it's a, at a store in delaware so they're gonna have to ship it to new york city um and jerry is now going no wallet uh, and loving that lifestyle, but George says not carrying a wallet is wrong, and he pulls out his <laughs> absolutely huge wallet. Man, I was waiting until when in the series we got to this, because this is like, I, I never knew of this. I, I had never seen like memes or anything of this, but this is one of the things people told me, like, oh yeah, have you got to like George's huge <laughs> wallet yet? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> And um, it as Jerry points out, because George has a double hamburger in front of him, he's like, you've got more cow here than here, um, comparing <laughs> his wallet to his burger. And he's like, oh, I need everything in there. And so Jerry starts investigating. <laughs> there's Irish money. There's a coupon for a free poster from an Orlando I, area Exxon. A Save the Tiger poster. <laughs> uh, and George even shoves some sweet and low packets into his wallet uh, for later, I guess. Um, where do you stand on the wallet issue? Do you carry a wallet? I do. Yeah. I do carry a wallet. I feel like I could afford to like slim down what I have in there. I've got way too many cards that are like regional, like Dubois yeah. PA. And now even Erie PA stores that I'm probably not going to go back to. Um, I do kind of want to get a Ridge wallet, not a sponsor because <laughs> my brother has one and he loves it. It's literally just like, Four or five cards and some cash, you know? Uh, I could probably get by all, with that. All that, and it's like RFID blocking. That is, that's cool. Which, which is great for the new tap to pay tech. Yeah. Um, they should send us some of those 
because I'm not totally sold yet, but I'd love uh, I'd love to check it out. I'd, I'd, I'd love to check them out, especially since we're not currently endorsing Ridge Wallet. Like I said, yeah. if you go to ridgewallet.com slash no hugging, <laughs> nothing is going to happen. Don't do right that. Now. Don't put it in. Don't do that. Don't use but, the promo code no hugging. <laughs> yeah. And since we are not currently endorsing them, I am free to say this. They're fucking expensive. Oh, okay. They're like It's like 60, 70, 80 bucks, depending on if you want just like uh, the regular wallet or if you want like the carbon fiber, you know? If they last, like that's something that I'm willing to spend a lot of money on because it's not something that I update. I think I've yeah. had the same wallet for, gosh, might be more than I, 10 years. I, I've had mine for at least 10. I've had mine since at least uh, middle of high school, I think. I I think I got mine like probably like junior, maybe beginning of senior year of high school. So we're talking like 10, 11 years. I, um, I got mine. So I still have like, mine looks like an original Nintendo controller because I'm an adult. <laughs> um, and you know what? I just found it. I knew it was on my Instagram somewhere. So April 20th of this year, I posted that it had been nine years since I got my wallet. So it is the same okay. one. I thought I might've updated. It looks very beat up and a lot of the rubber is like falling <laughs> off and stuff, but I've had it. Yeah. Going on 10 years, I guess next April, it'll be 10 years. So yeah. And, and it looks like the, the original Nintendo controller. So I, I like that. Uh, and it's a little bulky, but you know, it's flattened down over time. So I'm, I'm a wallet guy too, but I've also, you know, wanted to, Slim. I don't. Know. I also don't really like stuff in my front pockets because you already have a giant phone. I've got a couple things in the other one. You know, it's like if with a billfold, I feel like you got to go front pocket. You know. Mm, yeah. I, I. I don't know. I've got. I, I normally keep my billfold in my back pocket, but I don't like driving on it anymore. Yeah. I always used to keep it in my back pocket whenever I would drive, and now I what my what my go-to move is i put it in my center console mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh man on long drives i do have i feel like oh. george later in this episode every time i have a long drive and i'm like oh i gotta yeah. get rid of it. and then i like kind of slumped down slunk down on that side like <laughs> oh that's it that's <laughs> nice that, that's the stuff <laughs> yeah um so we're both wallet guys uh good to know in Kramer's apartment, Newman uses Kramer's reverse peephole to see Kramer in there scratching his chest with a back scratcher. Um, <laughs> and Newman knocks on the door and says that he's being evicted. He's an agitator, as Silvio called him, uh, for reversing his peephole. And by the way, did you notice that? Um, so when he looks through the peephole, you can see into Kramer's apartment as we know it. And then when Kramer opens his door, that wall is there. Yeah. So that wall is gone, and then it appears, and then it disappears, and then it reappears <laughs> throughout this whole episode. It's really a, a, a noticeable continuity error, um, yeah. but what can you do? Yeah. I also really liked uh, Newman tells Kramer to go put something on because he's just wearing a silk robe. <laughs> and Newman like definitely stares down at his dick, so it's kind of <laughs> implying that Kramer isn't wearing any underwear, right? I think you can I, see I, something in that first shot of him. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm mistaken. I thought Maybe he was wearing not. like some boxers or some briefs or something. He, he might have been. But as soon as Kramer goes back in and closes the door, Newman peeps right back into that peephole yeah. to watch Kramer change. Yeah. Earlier when Jerry's like, anyone can see in your apartment. He's like, well, our st our our policy is we're comfortable with, your bo with our bodies. If someone wants to <laughs> get a look, by all means, or something like that. So Newman <laughs> is taking his, uh, taking his shot at seeing Kramer in the buff. Uh, over at Joe Mayo's party... George is taking a hard line on the wallet, telling Jerry that a man carries a wallet. Uh, but Jerry <laughs> is still loving his uh, walletless lifestyle. Uh, George has been put in charge of the phone, making sure if anybody calls and needs directions, he can help them out. Jerry has been put in charge of making sure nobody taps on the fish tank. And Jerry's upset. Um, he tells uh, he he tells Joe, "What about the music?" You know, and he's like, "No, just the fish tank." And Jerry's upset. He's like, "I was I was ready to get jiggy with it." <laughs> which is one of those 90s jokes up there with the silence of the lambs mask that like you could just say and it was funny like will smith invented this phrase getting jiggy with it and old white people loved saying it because it was so Ugh. funny and out of character for it to be coming out of their mouths that it, it didn't even have to be a joke just saying it was the joke like i got jiggy with it yeah, I, I remember that distinctly from, from the, the late 90s. Um, Elaine shows up with, as she says, Dr. Zayas, uh, as Putty, <laughs> is still in the fur coat. And you get that reference, right? Yeah. Probably from The Simpsons, 
referencing most, it more than mostly yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, more than actually planet of the apes <laughs> dr zayas dr zayas yeah. dr zayas dr zayas elaine i loved her completely ignoring jerry was like uh what do you think of my pants and she just turned to go so george uh what what about the chair it was such a great uh elaine burning jerry moment um uh, so she asked George about the chair and it hasn't come yet, but George brought a picture of the chair that he thought they could all sign, not even a card. <laughs> but, um, and I, I love this. I, I, I always think of my mom when, when this move comes up because my mom was notorious for like not having a gift yet, but like giving me a printout of the gift that was on its oh way. My God. <laughs> like for Christmas, like there's your bike. Ugh. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I promise. Yeah. Um, at least I got to open something, you know? Uh, Elaine, by the way, has been put in charge of the coats, and Putty has been put in charge of making sure nobody puts drinks on Joe's sound system. Um, everyone is doing their job. By the way, I want to write down the Joe Mayo actor. It probably would have come up anyway, but I definitely recognize this guy from yeah. something. Like, this is one of those guys, character actors that has been in a ton of stuff. I just can't wait to see. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, my God. It's coming to me. He's wearing funny glasses. I Um... It's a uh, dude. Where's my car? I think it's dude. Where's my car? Do you remember? Is it? Yeah. Um, oh my god, that's a pull. Yeah, uh, he plays the he plays Rick in Dude Where's My Car. Uh, the guy with he's wearing really thick Coke bottle glasses, and Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott show up to like get their car, and he's like, "Oh, uh, it's just been sent to the impound lot," and they're like, "Rick," and he's like, "I'm sorry, guys." So that's definitely one place I recognize him from. I can't <laughs> believe that came to me in the moment. Wow. Um, and I think this is probably after Dude Where's My Car. I think that was 97. I I want to say Dude Where's My Car was after 99 because I didn't see it till I was in college. But maybe that's when I okay. thought I was ready for it. Um, <laughs> oh, 2000. Dude Where's My Car was 2000. Okay. So okay. Okay. Three years from another um, star making role for Joe Mayo. <laughs> um, so Elaine is in, has a big pile of coats. She goes to the bedroom to put them down on the bed, sees the jacket putty's jacket and tosses it out the window in newman's apartment later on i'm sorry this is jerry's apartment newman and kramer are meeting with silvio in jerry's apartment because kramer considers it his conference room it's a more formal atmosphere than his apartment <laughs> um and silvio and his wife are there they're about to go bowling and kramer is vouching for newman which silvio agrees to he's like all right I'll, I'll let Newman stay. But then kramer looks up and sees newman putting the moves on mrs silvio back at joe's apartment the party's over, as, as Elaine says, nice working with you. As she's like, she's got a rag, like she's been cleaning up. Um, and Putty walks out in his coat to Elaine's surprise. And Joe mentions that, hey, I have the same coat. <laughs> I have one just like that. Uh, so at so, Monk's, yeah. I, I'm wondering, did like, did Putty go through Joe Mayo's closet then? That's what I don't, that's, the, the next scene muddies this question even more, and it's the great question of the episode, because Elaine says she has to buy a new coat for Joe Mayo because she was in charge of the coats. Not because, she rationalizes really confusingly that I'm not going to try, I'm not going to try to uh, recreate here, <laughs> but because Jerry's like, but you did throw it out. She's like, yeah, but he doesn't know that. And so anyway, um, so she has to buy, and I'm like, well, yeah, I want to know whose coat she throw, threw out, because Seemingly, it would be Putty's, and then Putty went through the closet to find Joe Mayo's. Joe Mayo's coat. But Joe Mayo is under the impression that someone stole his coat, which would not have been in the pile with the other coats. But Elaine was in charge of coats. So, uh, thinking of the Joe Mayo character, he put Elaine in charge of coats. And regardless of if the coat was one of the guests coats she was in charge of coats and one of his coats went missing yeah which i agree with elaine on like you put me in charge of party coats anything yeah. that was in the apartment like, was how not how do i yet. know like how do i know what coats you own joe yeah. mayo i'm not in charge of your coats exactly. i'm in charge of party guest coats i didn't go into the closet and, and do an inventory of your coats so yeah, yeah. so I, I but i'm still puzzled whether she threw out whether joe's fur coat was on the pile and she threw that one out or it seems more likely that putty went through the the closet but it but it's also weird why joe thinks he's owed a new coat now because of elaine um yeah i don't know george is having this is where he's having wallet problems where you know he takes his wallet out again and, and puts it back and he's he's sitting on a slant oh he's putting all the change into it 
and he's sitting on a slant. So he just gets some napkins like you would for a table and like shoves them under his other cheek. And so he's sitting up <laughs> correctly until a piece of hard candy breaks in his wallet <laughs> and sends him back down on, on one side. This got such a big laugh out of me. <laughs> yeah, I think I had a piece of hard candy in there. <laughs> but but not only that, the the line that Jerry says is like, "You got a filing cabinet under half of your ass." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The rare profanity on Seinfeld, but when they use it, they use it. Uh, they use it well. <laughs> they use it well. Over at George's, the chair is accidentally delivered to his apartment instead of Joe Mayo's. But George sits down and starts it up, and he is immediately in love. So the delivery guys just dip. Uh, out on the street, Jerry is going dancing with a girl he met at Joe Mayo's party, and this was really, I guess this just speaks to Jerry's confidence with women or whatever. He's like, I can't believe you're going dancing. She's like, oh, you don't care very much? He's like, no, because it's so stupid. It's just a weird thing <laughs> to like come right out of the gate and say to someone that you yeah. want to like you. I mean, Jerry's got a lot of hills that he's willing to die on. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with him, but I wouldn't say it to someone who I was trying to date, you know? Like, yeah. No, because it's so – something you like is stupid. <laughs> um, and she gives Jerry a makeup and keys to hold and everything, so, you know, his pocketless lifestyle is now filled back up again with all of this stuff. Uh, Newman and Kramer are also out on the street, and Kramer is upset that Newman is sleeping with Silvio's wife uh, and uh, after he vouched for him. But then they see a coat – the coat in the tree i love newman's like what is that and kramer's uh like alerted at first he's like that looks like a dead bear <laughs> um <laughs> and but newman sees uh, what it is and so he uh, we have a newman skill alert he's very fast at, at running and he's also very fast at tree climbing um, and very good at tennis. Uh, I think that's another Newman skill. We should have been like keeping a catalog of these, but every so often it pops yeah. up that something you'd be surprised that a portly gentleman like Newman would be good at, he's very good at. And tree climbing is one of those things. I think he yells down that he learned how to climb trees in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, another weirdly second mention of the Pacific Northwest on this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and now I want like a Newman backstory of his time in the Pacific Northwest and how he ended up in as a postman in Manhattan. Uh, maybe it was just a transfer or something. Uh, in Jerry's apartment, he's upset that now he has to carry around all of Carrie's stuff. So we do get her name, uh, interestingly enough. And I think it's funny that they named her Carrie because he has to carry everything. It was definitely... Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm definitely thinking they didn't put too much thought into it. And they're like fucking shooting the episode. They're like, <laughs> oh, we need a name for uh, Carrie. Carrie. You're carrying Carrie's stuff. It reminds <laughs> me of Toby, who loses a toe in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, Elaine plugs something from the Jay Peterman's catalog, a men's carry-all. And Jerry's like, well, come on, what is that? Like, She's like, no, it's European. And this is kind of goes back to the Lacar thing where I guess in the 90s, you're still like, oh, if it's European, it could be a little different and a little more maybe effeminate or something uh, than something I'm used to as, as an American. So he's interested now. And if Elaine has to also buy Joe Mayo a fur coat, she does not want to pay for the chair anymore because uh, Jerry calls George about the chair and Jerry's sitting in the, or George is sitting in the, the chair, still being massaged um, and still loving it. This was an uncomfortable voice <laughs> that George is using. I, I literally just wrote it in my notes as it's his cum voice. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't make a masturbation joke afterwards. Like, you know, Jerry hangs up and makes like a master of his domain joke or something like that i guess he's not master of his domain anymore my friend can't stop whacking it to talk to me on the phone for five seconds <laughs> um and kramer comes back and returns jerry's pliers which are broken and he points out weak hinge i, I just love that and he clues in elaine about the fur coat uh she's like well, i gotta go buy a fur coat and He's like, go down to 88th. They're hanging from the trees. And she's like, that's where Joe Mayo lives. So she knows now that Newman has the fur coat. There's a couple of things that happen really quick. And because uh, Elaine shoves Kramer when she finds out that's where he found the coat. Mm -hmm. And we get a popping sound. And Kramer oh, just yeah. says, I had some hard candy in there. <laughs> I forgot I'm about like, that. I, I thought that was such a lame joke. I'm like, I, I literally just wrote, boo. What, you didn't like the callback? No. Because it, <laughs> if they were going to like build up to something better yeah i i would have liked it but i don't know yeah i don't know i, I kind of dug it i don't know why just because it was such a non-sequitur um and george and new and george and kramer both carry around hard candy uh all the time 
So Elaine invites Newman over to her apartment. Newman is wearing his finest Cosby sweater in celebration. (laughs) (laughs) This was an ugly, like, black and white, like, plaid patterned. Oh, man. It was a Cosby sweater (laughs) if there ever was one. Uh, And he can't give Elaine the coat. So Elaine musters some resolve and starts flirting with Newman because she knows that Newman has a thing for her. Uh, But Newman can't give her the coat because he gave it already to Svetlana, Silvio's wife. So it's interesting we get her name, too. And I don't know why I found it interesting that, like, a Russian would marry an Italian. I guess um, in New York, you know, it's a, it's a melting pot. There's there's people of all... Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, people of all nationalities. Um, and even, even in Europe itself, Russia and Italy aren't too far apart. But I don't know. I just found it interesting they didn't give her a an Italian name like Silvio. Silvio and Svetlana. But so Elaine, just like, as he's going on this monologue about his love for two women, she's like, all right, we're done. Thank you. Get out. Uh, and, and kicks him out. Out on the street, Jerry is using his carry-all that he got from the J. Peterman catalog. He finds out that Carrie's job was to keep Jerry from playing any music at Joe Mayo's party. And once again, they this made me groan just because the original joke always does. But Jerry's upset when he finds that out because I got jiggy with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and Jerry's also now like sort of being more effeminate, carrying his purse around, you know, saying, oh, I can never find anything in here and stuff like that. Over at Kramer's, Silvio bangs on the door and he can see Kramer trying to hide from him thanks to the reverse peephole. And anytime anyone can see Kramer in the reverse peephole, Kramer still goes up and tries to see who is on the other side of the door <laughs> through the reverse peephole, which, if you know, if you've ever used a peephole, does not work. Um but Silvio found the fur coat that Newman gave to his wife. So he's going to kick Newman out. And Kramer thinks of something quick and says, you know what? It's probably Jerry's. You know, he's a celebrity. Celebrities are desperate, insecure people. And uh, Silvio vehemently agrees with this, very passionately agrees with the fact that uh, celebrities are, um, oh, love me, shower me with kisses. He just goes off to, <laughs> to Kramer's surprise. But he bought the story. Uh, in in Jerry's apartment, Kramer asks Jerry to wear the coat, or else Kramer and Newman will both get evicted. Which sounds like a great idea to Jerry. I I loved this scene. I also got a huge <laughs> laugh out of him going, "Oh oh please, imagine your life without me." And Jerry like thinks, and he's like, "And Newman too." And he's like, "Oh come on!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, and Kramer goes, "You know what? If I'll give you that Walkman that you're always asking about." He's like, "That's my Walkman." He's like, "And you can have it back if you do this coat thing." <laughs> but then he also says, "By the way, it was broken when you gave it to me," uh, which gets another <laughs> eye roll from Jerry. George comes in, and Jerry is out of the chair too because of the music slight from Joe Mayo. And Kramer has no idea what they're even talking about. He just thought a massage chair was a great gift for anybody, so he doesn't know who Joe Mayo is. So he's out too. Uh, and so George is very upset that now he has to buy this whole chair himself. And Jerry's like, no, you don't just cancel the order. And so George finally confesses that he's been using the chair for the past three days and he needed it for his back because of his wallet. Um, and Kramer sees Silvio outside and puts Jerry in the coat to go walk out on the street, uh, out on the street later, George pulls a tiny phone number for one free (laughs) guitar lesson from a, a sign on a post and puts it into his wallet and the wallet not only explodes. that but yeah wa- wallet explodes everything goes everywhere but i loved on the on the flyer it says must own your own guitar <laughs> yeah, like, I see that. um yeah so the wallet explodes going everywhere, including the receipt for the chair that george was ho- still hoping yeah. to return he's he's yelling he's like my receipts my save the tiger poster <laughs> i didn't even hear the my save the tiger poster that's hilarious <laughs> Uh, so back in front of Jerry's apartment, where Silvio is shoveling the walk, Jerry greets Silvio in the fur coat, and Kramer even brings out Jerry's purse, and Kramer and Silvio both start laughing at Jerry, um, you know, needing a, a fur coat, and uh, and once again, uh, you know, look at me, give me attention. Um, and I, I've always loved Kramer's lines here. Oh, he's he's a dandy. He's a real fancy boy. I've always loved <laughs> Both of those terms used back to back. He's a dandy. Um, and I love Jerry's threatening too. Like maybe it's not my coat. And then uh, Kramer backs off, but Silvio keeps laying into him. Elaine comes up though. And she blows up the whole thing saying, now you're wearing Joe Mayo's coat. Give that back. And uh, Kramer tells Silvio that Joe Mayo is probably the guy sleeping with his wife, um, which Silvio, I guess, buys. Uh, someone at this point 
runs up and snatches Jerry's European carryall, which he tries yelling to a cop like, you know, oh, someone snatched my carryall. It's it's European. And the cop's like, you mean like a purse? And Jerry finally has to admit, yes, <laughs> a purse. I carry a purse. I, I loved uh, I love Jerry taking a beat too with this. Yeah, yeah. Because the the cop yells, "You mean like a purse?" <laughs> and you see Jerry like he he looks over to everyone, he, like throws his arms down, and then right back up. And then finally, <laughs> yes, a purse. I carry a purse. Yeah, he really weighs his options. It's some really good <laughs> physical acting from Jerry Seinfeld. We have to point out because we don't often get that. But it was it was a good. No, we don't. Great. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, where the episode ends. We do get one last little epilogue where Elaine and Jerry are on the phone and Silvio ambush Joe Mayo in his apartment with a sack full of pennies. And as Jerry <laughs> mentions, should have had a reverse peephole. Uh, and Putty walks into Elaine's apartment in, in his eight ball jacket. And uh, this, I can't believe, not only did this come so late in the run of the series, but it comes so late in the episode, I didn't remember. I thought there was like a whole episode about Putty's eight ball jacket. But I've always loved, like, check it out, eight ball. You got a question? You ask the eight ball. And so Elaine's like, you're going to be wearing this all the time. He's like, all signs point to yes. <laughs> this is another thing that I think was on that Seinfeld flash sheet was Putty's eight ball jacket. Oh, yes. That'd be great. Um, and it's it's like such an ugly 90s. It's got, like, the yellow and it's like the gold and red and green, yeah, like, yeah. reggae com- color combo that was everywhere in the 90s. And then the giant eight ball <laughs> on the sleeves and the back. Um, and then we do get the audio stinger. We get the actual studio version of Mexican radio for some reason. Uh, ju- and just really quick, I'm on a Mexican radio. And then that's it. Yeah. And I didn't catch Kramer singing it at first. Yeah. So I heard this. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it's. It, I really want to know why that song was a part of the episode. Um, but yeah, that's it. <sighs> All right. Uh, what do you like here? Um, what do we got for homework this week? Oh, uh, we've got Stein Erickson. Who's that? Okay. Uh, again, what's the deal with Mexican radio? And the actor who played Joe Mayo. Where else do we know him from? Okay. Okay. Sounds like a, a pretty pretty easy dive. What do you yeah. like for cover art this week? Great question. I mean, Putty in his fur coat might be hard to beat there might be even a shot of everybody at joe mayo's party and, and him in the fur coat um uh george george's george like trying to close his wallet with the mm. guitar number inside it oh that's good might yeah. be good um, see yeah i also really liked kramer scratching his chest with the back scratcher <laughs> through <laughs> yeah. the reverse people yeah i i felt like it was such a, a good fisheye shot yeah an actual shot from the titular reverse people would be good yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll make one of those work. Um, let's see what we can do about the description. Great. Okay, so we had Jerry gets a bag that looks like a purse. Period. Putty wears a fur coat. Period. George's wallet is stuffed too full. Period. Newman has an affair with the super's wife. Period. Okay, let's tackle Jerry and George first <laughs> because I feel like we can marry those together. Like Jerry and George. Um. I'd hate to just say, uh, let's just jump off with Jerry and George argue over wallets. So what? How about something like Jerry? Jerry tries going without a wallet while George's. What about George and did I already say George and Jerry disagree about wallets? No, that works. I like that. George and Jerry disagree on wallets. I don't think that's okay. I mean, you could even say George and Jerry disagree on. This is going to be too long, but I'll just say it to you know george and jerry disagree on how to carry their belongings is there a better way to say that i don't probably just probably just the way that you phrased it before george and jerry disagree on wallets great i like i actually like that great i love it um so then let's tackle what was the next one putty gets a putty wears a fur coat i'm not i don't hate that okay um how do you feel about uh, it are you are you cool with it yeah i I like it, and yeah. also it, it's um it's interesting because it's he's not one of the main cast members, yeah, yeah, and he gets his own line in the in the description. But it is a it's a major plot point for yeah. every every facet of the episode. And then uh, we had Newman has an affair with the super's wife. How about Kramer and Newman face eviction? Because that happens right off the bat. Like Newman faces yeah. eviction because of the people so that's not really giving away too much at the end like yeah, like the like one that. yeah like netflix's does so um jerry and george argue about wallets or G- G- george and jerry disagree about wallets putty wears a new 
Putty wears a fur coat, and Kramer and Newman face eviction. I think that's interesting. I like it. Especially yeah, that last one's a good tease. That's perfect. Yeah. Because you, you don't know, like, why, what's yeah. what, what, what's going on. Why are they facing eviction, you know? I mean, with Newman has an affair with the Super's wife, you know, like... Yeah. Like is that's... the episode starting off with that? Yeah. It's not. That's but you don't know that. After the middle ad break, I think. Yeah. Um, or it might be right before when he, like... Because Kramer drops his cigar when he sees that. That might be directly before, but it certainly is... You know, the, a it's thir- a long time into the yeah, episode. It's the end of an act, at least. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, that's maybe the easiest one we've ever done. I knew we could do it. Oh, man. Okay, well, uh, next week, we have got Season 9, Episode 13, The Cartoon. Original air date, January 29th, 1998. Uh, I think it's two weeks after this episode aired. Mm. Um, yeah, two weeks after this episode aired. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Sally Weaver's one-woman oh, show no. about Jerry is a hit, period. George's girlfriend resembles Jerry, period. <laughs> a New Yorker cartoon confuses Elaine, period. Kramer stops talking, period. Oh, uh, this, this is going to be a really interesting episode because the George storyline obviously made me crack up just thinking about it. The Elaine one, I know, is a favorite of people, but Sally Weaver is unequivocally the most hated offshoot (laughs) tertiary character in the run of the entire series of all time. More than Susan? More than Susan. Way more. Wow. I mean, there's been, interestingly enough, there's been like two or three threads on Reddit about, you know, who's your most hated character or whatever, and it's always Sally Weaver. In fact, like one one of the questions was phrased like, who's your least favorite character? And why is it Sally Weaver? So <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I'm interested to revisit this episode because I don't even remember hating her that much. But I, I but I think that's the point of the character too. Okay, this is uh, I won't I won't get too far ahead of myself. Okay, okay. good episode <laughs> next week as we continue in uh, in season nine. Um, so is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.